Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. Welcome to Pursuit Church. Good morning, good morning, morning. I see a lot of new faces today. That's awesome. Welcome. I want you to know you're in a safe place. Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. Wow. Whew. Hey, I heard a rumor we're actually going to get below 100 degrees next week. <laughs> what a shock. We might even get some rain on Tuesday. Praise God. I've been praying for rain. I don't know about you. Wow. You know, before we get started, let me, let me just pray for us right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring you our worship today. We've, we've brought you our worship. And Father, part of bringing you our worship is bringing you our hearts. So Father, today I pray that our hearts are receptive to your word. I pray, Father, we pray collectively together in unity that you pour out a blessing into us today by revealing your word to us and by helping us through the power of the Holy Spirit to understand what you want us to learn today. Father, I give my mind, my will, my emotions, my vocal cords, everything today, Father, I lay it at your feet and I ask that you speak today to us as your people. May we leave this place different than when we came in. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I, everybody just say amen? Wow. Hey, listen, we got any gardeners in the house? People with the, with the green thumb? Okay. We got one. Come on. I, I know that. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got some other gardeners. You know, I do not claim to be a gardener by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, my gardening skills are pretty much limited to hand watering the plants on the outside of our house. That's that that's about the extent of my so I need your help, by the way. If you got that green thumb, I may be calling you over for some for some help, for some instruction, because I can really use it. But you know, I don't know how I got this gig of gardening, uh, you know, watering the plants at our house, but a couple years ago that that just became one of my things. It's really peaceful though. You know, I, I kind of go out there in the morning and the birds are still singing and, you know, if it's early enough, the Katie dids in the summer are still doing their song and dance. And it's actually very therapeutic. You know, I, I learned that a couple of years ago. I just really look forward to those, to the time going out. I'm going to go water the plants now. You know, you have a lot of time to think when you're doing that. A lot of time to just observe things and just think about life. So it's, as you're watering, you're thinking about all kinds of different things, but I don't claim to be a gardener, but, but I did learn and have learned a few things in that process. One of the most important things I learned was the attention that I pay to taking care of the soil and the roots of the plant pay a lot of dividends in the fruit that comes out. You see, when I first was watering, I would spend a lot of time watering the leaves and the flowers, right? Thinking, well, I mean, that's what I see, right? So, you know, I'm just going to water the, the, the leaves and the flowers. And 
What I noticed over time, though, is as I was doing that, the plants would dry up pretty quick. You know, like the next day, nothing would be happening. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? And then I started to realize if, if I spent time, more time watering the root of the plant, all of a sudden, the flowers and the leaves would be a lot greener. So that's one of the most important things I learned is you, you got to water the roots if you want to see fruit, Right. Well, you know, our lives are a lot like that, aren't they? If you want to see fruit in your life, if you want your life to flourish, you need to water the roots. You need to have the roots go deep in some things. Specifically, if you'll put your trust in God, and focus on building roots in your relationship with him, you will produce fruit. I guarantee, I don't have to guarantee it. God does. If you'll spend time investing, rooting your life in God and in Jesus, there will be fruit in your life. And that's what I want to spend a few minutes talking about today is the deeper those roots go, the more fruit you're going to see in your life. The deeper you put your roots into God, the more fruitful your life is going to be. Look at this with me in Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah understood this well when he wrote this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Wow. You see, all through the Bible in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as living water, right? You read that and his resource never runs out is what he's trying to tell us. I'm, I'm a source of living water is what Jesus tells us. And so what Jeremiah, you put those together with what Jeremiah is telling us. He's saying this, when we root our hope and our trust in God, our lives are going to flourish. Our lives are going to flourish because we don't have to fear the heat or the drought or the problems of life because we have a never ending source in Christ that's going to keep feeding. But we got to get rooted in that. We got to get deep in that deep roots in our relationship with God bring nourishment to our souls and fruit to our lives. Let me say that again. Deep roots that plant that we plant in God bring nourishment to our souls and produce fruit in our lives. There's three specific things I, I want to talk about today that I want to encourage us to, to put your roots into as it relates to God and his son, Jesus Christ. Those three things are this. Put your roots deep into God's love. Put your roots deep into his truth. And put your roots deep into his church. I will tell you right now, if you do those three things, you will have a fruitful and a blessed life. You will have a fruitful and a blessed life. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians regarding putting your roots into the love of God. This is what it says. Ephesians three seventeen through 19. That you being what? 
rooted and grounded in what? Love. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Is anyone here that would like to be filled with the fullness of God? <laughs> can you clap? Can you say amen? Do you want to be filled with the fullness of God? If you do, if you do, Paul's telling us, look, God's love is foundational. It's at the base of it all. Another scripture says God is love. That's what he's about. So you need, I need to be rooted in his love. That's the foundation. And here's the beautiful thing. His love brings stability to our lives, right? We don't have to worry about trying to win God's approval. He already loves us. In fact, there's a scripture that says we love God because he first loved us, right? When you know you are loved, when you root your life in his love, that brings a stability to your life, brings you certain certainty and surety. And that brings you freedom because you see, we now give out of love because God loved us, but we're not giving out of obligation or guilt. We're giving our love to God because we love and appreciate him, right? There's a freedom there. There's also a depth that comes with rooting your life in God's love, a depth that brings hope and strength. You now have, when, when you're rooted in God's love, you now have the strength to face the struggles of life, right? You have hope when things come up because you know God loves you. In fact, God's perfect representation of his love is his son, Jesus, who he sent. And in the book of Hebrews, it says that Jesus, our hope, is an anchor for our soul. When you have that, when you live and put your roots into God's love, you have an anchor. You have something, no matter what's happening in your life, you can hold on to. Is anyone here that needs something to hold on to sometimes? Come on. How about every day? <laughs> how about like every hour of every day? Like, every hour of every day. Want to hear that song? Wow. Come on, man. Yeah, you know, don't get me singing. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just keep on going. But having that hope, being rooted, that comes from living your life and planting your life and planting your roots in the love that God has for you. Grow deep roots by planting your life in the knowledge and the love of God. But wait, there's more. I want to encourage you to build roots in God's truth. And God's truth is found in his word, right? So first we're, we're acknowledging that God loves us. That brings us safety and security. We're rooted in that. The next thing we want to do is now put our roots deep into his word, the truth. Did anybody here need some truth in your life? Of all the different things we can find on the internet, of all the different sources of information, we don't need any more fake news. We need real truth. We do not need any more fake news. We need real truth. Matthew 24, 35 says this, says that heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word never will. You know, how many people remember 
the paleo diet. Any, any fan of this? Like 20 years old now, right? Keto diet. Well, I know about them. The only thing I can tell you about them is I never did either one. <laughs> but, you know, things come and go, don't they? Fashion, music, vocabulary. There's so many different things that come and go. You know, the English language, you know, we got our Gen Z people have their own kind of language. I just was finally figuring out some of the millennial language. You know, now I got to go find out what's going on with the Gen Hey, things change all the time, don't they? All the time. Here today, gone tomorrow. Popular today, not, you know, not so much tomorrow. You know one thing that never changes? God's word. God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many things in this world can you count like that? Zero. Zero. There are nothing, there's nothing in your life. There's nothing in this world that we can count on like the truth of God's word. Because it doesn't change. It doesn't change. This is what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, all scripture, which is God's word, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God, means the woman of God too, by the way, may be complete, complete, equipped for every good work. You see, you don't need a college degree to live a successful and a fruitful life. You don't need a ton of money. If you live by God's word and you are rooted in his truth, your life will be successful. Guarantee it. We just, we just read it. Let me show you another place. that says that Joshua chapter one, verse eight says this, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. By the way, it says all that is written in the word, not some. We don't get to pick and choose cafeteria plan. Okay. For then, this, is, this just struck me when I was reading and preparing for this. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. You see, God already knows his word is true. But what happens when we start living, learning it and living it out, we start to see it's true. See, that's what he's telling Joshua. If you follow what I'm telling you to do, you're going to see how you're going to become prosperous. You're going to see how you're going to be successful. So when we root our lives in God's love, we get stability. When we root our lives in his word, we get success. But here's the thing. We have to understand and define what success is, right? That's the key word, right? Well, when the world thinks of success, what do we think of? Money, fame, 401k, big house, whatever. The world measures success by worldly things. But God measures success by spiritual things. You need to remember that. 
The book of Hebrews talks about a time when we're all going to stand before, you know, you do realize that you have an expiration date on this earth. We all do. And on that expiration date, we're going to stand before God and we're going to look and he's going to look and review about our success here on earth. It's called, some call it a day of judgment, right? Now, today's not that day. It's not happening right now. But there's going to come a day when God's going to look at our lives through his measure of success. And you can't know what that measure of success is unless you know what his word says about it, right? If you just make up in your own mind, well, I think success is this. Well, surely God would, you know, measure me this way. No, his word tells you how he's going to measure you. But if you don't know his word, how can you know what the standard is? How can you know what the measurement is? You can't. So if you really want to know what a successful life looks like, you need to understand what God says a successful life looks like. And this is what God says. You're going to be measured. I'm going to be measured on what we did with his son. At the end of the day, that's going to be the measurement. Did you receive his son? And what did you do to tell others about him? That is the measure, the measure of success of your life. It's not your retirement plan. It's not how much money you have in the bank. It's not how many cars you have. None of the, hey, Matthew says, if you'll just seek first the kingdom of God and that success, God will take care of those other things, by the way. He, it's not like he doesn't know you could use them, okay? But here's the thing. When you give an account of your life, let's talk about money. God's not going to say, oh, wow, look, you got so much in the bank. You did great. No, he's going to say, what did you do with the money I gave you? Did you bring it back to my house? Did you use it to build my kingdom? That's the measurement. Not how much you have in your 401k. It's not how much you leave your heirs. It's a, none of that is the measurement that God's going to use when he measures your life. You see how important it is that we deeply put our lives into the soil of his truth and his word, because how can we be successful if we don't know what the measurement is? Root your life in the truth of God's word. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is rooting our life in his church. Now, hear me. The church is not man's idea. The church is God's idea. Okay? The church is God's idea. There's been quite a bit of talk recently, in probably the last 15 years, but it's really become prevalent in the last four or five years, about declining church attendance, right? Anybody's probably read the statistics and all those kind of things. There's a lot of different reasons for that, but one of the most important factors to that and the reason that many people are not coming back or going to church or being a part of God's church is because of something called value. You see, we prioritize what we value, we prioritize. If I were to go, you know how I can tell what you value in your life? 
know how God could tell what I value in my life? Go to your calendar and your checkbook. Those, those will tell you what you value in life. You can talk all day long. You, you can say, I value this. If you show me your calendar and you show me your checkbook, you'll show me what you value. Flat out. It got kind of quiet, but that's true. It's true. That's my measurement before God. If I laid my calendar and my checkbook in front of God, he'd see really quickly what I value. Here's the thing. Part of the problem, though, is we don't, sometimes we don't really value something because we don't really understand its true value. You know, I remember when when Pastor Karen's mom passed away, and we were going through the house, a lot of stuff, and we found this kind of rolled up. We didn't know what it was. You know, it kind of looked like a print or a picture of some kind. It was, but it was bundle wrapped in a lot of stuff. We're like, what is this? You know, so we took it out, unrolled it, and it, it, it was this. You know, looked like a, it was pretty. It was a pretty picture, but we didn't really know what it was. But we were wondering why. Why was this thing all just protected so much? So Pastor Karen took a picture of it and Googled it. Well, sure enough, this little what we thought was some insignificant print was actually done by world-famous artist. It was worth like 4000 bucks. Okay. But see, she didn't know the value. Now, all of a sudden, we treat that thing with go, you know, kid gloves. We have a special place for it. We know right where it is. Because there's some day that she might want to sell that now, right? Or maybe give it to one of the kids. Or but, oh, wait a minute. Now that she's aware of the value, she treats that thing a whole lot different than when we first found it laying in a corner. We don't understand the value of things sometimes. I think sometimes as Christians, even believers, we can have that same mentality about the church. Sure, we we know it's different than other organizations, right? But here's the thing. Until we really go deeper into it, till we sink our roots into his church, we don't see the real value. This is what Jesus told Peter. He said, look... You cussing sailor, you. (laughs) I pulled you off a boat, but I'm going to build my church on you. That's what he said. He said, I I don't know what you were before. You were catching fish, but now I'm going to have you catching men. And so he brought Peter on this journey. He brought Peter on this journey. And what he told Peter when he said, I'm going to build my church on you is that the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. Come on. He said, I don't care what comes against my church. I've already won, and I'm going to win in the end. The gates of hell will not. So, first of all, Jesus is prioritizing his church. He's telling Peter, this is how important this is, and I'm going to use you and people like you to build my church. Wow. Wow. Friends, if you believe in Jesus, you're part, you're, you're part of what Peter started or was a part of. You and I are part of that same church today. Same church. God's still using imperfect people to build his perfect church. See, his church is perfect. We're not. Okay, we'll just keep that straight. But see, God wants you to be involved in his work. 
He want, it's his church, but he, but he has a place for you in it. It's his church, but he has people for you to serve in it. It's his church. And just like Peter, here's the great thing. You don't have to have it all figured out to be part of his church. Okay, you don't have to be perfect. Jesus was perfect. And that's all we need. He's just looking for willing people to participate in what he's doing. Right? You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing to participate. And so what was happening with Peter, which is the same thing that's happening with us, we're becoming more and more like Jesus every day, as Scripture says. We're becoming the church. You see, it's, it's a process. And the church, of course, isn't just a building, right? It's, it's, how you, it's this collective group of people living out in community together, right? A lot of that happens outside this building. I know many of you go to lunch together. We've got small groups coming up. We've got freedom groups. There's a lot of things going to be happening outside the four walls of this church that are the church, that are still the church. But that's why it's so important that we begin and continue lifelong to put our roots in his church. God sent his son to die for his church. I want you to remember that. That creates value. (laughs) Doesn't it? If God says it's important, I'm going to value it. I'm going to participate in it. It's in the church that we get the chance to, in so many ways, live out what God's asked us to do. It's in the church that we get a chance to comfort others with the same comfort that we've been given. It's in the church that we get an opportunity to serve. And yes, can you do that outside of a church? You certainly can. You certainly can. So don't misunderstand. But there is nothing, no organization, nor the place on the earth where you give your time, talent, or treasure that can do what God does. God transforms lives. Okay, organizations don't do that. On the surface, they might think they do, but they're not transforming this, right? Might make someone feel good to, to go to the United Way and, you know, serve on a team. Hey, great. I, and I'm all about it. Nothing wrong with those places. But they'll never be the church. They'll never do the things or have the power to do what God does. That's why his church, this is his plan. There is no plan B. On the earth, there is no plan B. His church is it. That's not me saying that. That's God saying that. Don't take my word for it. That's why you got to know what's in this book. That's why the second thing we talked about, his truth, being rooted in his truth, is so important. Because that's the litmus test for everything. Right? Axel, if you'll come. You see, God designed the church to be a place to gather, to receive, and to give back. Again, God designed the church as a place to gather, to receive, and to give back. And he wants you and I to be a part of that. He wants you and I to be a part of that. In Matthew 23, 11, it says that Jesus was the servant amongst everything. Jesus came to serve. That's what we have a chance to do when we root and plant ourselves in God's church. We have a chance to serve. Y'all, Jesus came to serve others, and he's calling us to do the same thing. And let me show you just a tremendous blessing that can occur when you plant yourself, when you root yourself 
in God's house. It's found in Psalm 92, verses 12 and 13. It says this, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are what? Planted in the house of the Lord. And they what? They flourish in the courts of our God. Notice the scripture said planted. You see a tree or any other bush, if it's continually uprooted, is never going to grow fruit. It's never going to grow fruit. You have to be planted. You have to be there like the cedar of Lebanon. Spiritual growth, success according to God, happens when we plant ourselves in his church. And there's a beautiful promise found in Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are his workmanship. In other words, his master art, much like the famous artist picture that we found. We're, we're God's art. We're that picture painted by the master, it says. We're creating Christ Jesus, spiritually transformed, renewed for the good works, it says, that God already prepared before any of us ever got. Did you know that before you ever arrived on this planet, God had planned out for you good works to do? Georgie, he had good plans for you. Katie, Jojo, Rudy. God had a, has a plan before you ever arrived here for you to do something. God expects us to bear fruit when we're planted. God has plans for his people, his masterpiece, his church. And it all centers on being rooted in a relationship with him. Plant your roots deeply in his love. Plant your roots deeply in his word. And plant your roots deeply in his church. As you do that, your life will flower, your life will flourish, and you will bear fruit. I proclaim that to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Will you just pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, we receive the word today that you've planted in our hearts. And Father, I'm praying that we believe it. Lord, will you just let sink down into our hearts and take root those things that we've learned today so that we can keep our lives deeply rooted in your love, in your word, and in your church. God, we thank you that you give us all that we need to grow and all that you're calling us to be. Lord, for those of us who call you Lord, who call you Savior, Savior, help us to cultivate those roots deep in love. Show us ways to serve you. And God, let us be rooted in your word so that we can always know the real truth. In Jesus' mighty name.